You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Dear Sarah by Friend of the Fireplace Matassas. Based in the wild west of Ireland, Matassas started writing some time back as part of the Thursday Prompt Group on Fur Affinity. His work has appeared in the Anthrocon magazine, in Fang Volume 4, and occasionally on his printer by mistake. He is particularly keen on word-limited microfiction, calling them 365-word tales. At some point, he'll have 365 of them and consider his work on Earth done. You can read his writings and view his photography on furaffinity.net or on matassas.com. Please enjoy Dear Sarah by Matassas. April 10th, 2020. My dearest Sarah, I hope this email finds you well, my dearest. Thank you for my beautiful birthday card and your warm wishes. You are very artistic for one so young. Your grandma says your drawing of me is so good, she's going to replace my photo over the TV and put your picture there instead. I've placed your card on the mantelpiece, as I promised, and it will remain there, as ever, until you send next year's card. Do convey all our love to Mummy and Daddy and let them know that Grandma and I are both safe and well. We're staying indoors and puttering around the place, me getting under Grandma's paws all the time. Our next-door neighbours, you remember Mr. and Mrs. Collins from last summer, don't you? Well, they collect our groceries each week at the store and drop them right to our door. Such wonderful people. It's lovely to know so many people are being kind to their friends and neighbours at this difficult time. I'm delighted to hear from Mommy and Daddy about how helpful and understanding you have been while you're at home all day. I know it's not easy to stay in the apartment all the time, but you need to be patient until this virus passes. And hearing that you've made your own chores list and are continuing with your classes online while they do their work, well, that's just so great. Your mommy says your baking skills are the best she's tasted, and I can't wait to try out your breads and cakes for myself. It's such a shame we had to cancel our visit for next month. I know you were looking forward to it as much as Grandma and me, but don't worry too much. Once things settle down, we'll hop on a plane and be with you, and, yes, our favourite granddaughter's birthday gift is all wrapped up here on my desk. I promise if we can't get it over by May 17th for your big day, we'll ship it to you express, and then you can open it in front of your webcam while we watch, almost as if we are there. But I'm still not going to ruin the surprise. You can't make me tell. Anyway, your grandma has made me promise I won't, and I'm not going to risk getting her mad. Your daddy let me know about your first couple of weeks in your new school. I'm sorry you only got to spend such a short time getting to know the school and your classmates. I know you were looking forward to it so much. Still, it must be fun to do all your schoolwork from home on your computer and do lessons with your teacher online, almost like having a school of your own on the kitchen table. Also, I'm so happy you made a new best friend already. Your mommy said you and she chat together all the time on your computers. I am so pleased. Friends are very important, especially for a young lady. Best friends are very special because you share so much joy and pleasure with them. She also tells me the students there, and your best friend, are mostly humans. I'm sure this has been an amazing new experience for you, especially when you're moving from a school that was mostly furs. Learning more about human culture will give you some interesting views, Sarah, and provide you with wonderful new experiences. Some will be very good, like your best friend, though some might be a little less so. However, if you're anything like the lady I know you to be, so much like your mummy and your grandma, who will meet each challenge with the same thoughtful courage and delicate kindness you share with them. 
Yes, I also heard about the way you were treated on your first day, and I must say I am so proud of you. It's very hard to stand up for yourself with other kids you don't know and to explain yourself so well. Your teacher was very pleased with you, as was I. You know, after I spoke with Mummy about that, I remembered some of my own school days long ago. You remember you asked me what changing schools was like for me. I think I'll tell you a little more so you can see why I'm so proud of you and how grown up you acted. When I was a kid, there was one school for boys and one for girls. I think the grown-ups thought that the boys would be too rough and tumble for the girls. And remember, we would play football outside in the grass in all weathers and come back to class very muddy. Girls don't really like that, so I was told back then. Though looking at your soccer team, I think that's changed. One day when I was nine, just like you, a knock came to our classroom door. The rap-a-rap-rap was very distinctive. Our teacher, Miss Cheever, almost pounced from her chair as she dashed across our classroom to open the door for our headmaster. He was very tall, a stern, thin weasel, and we were all scared of him. Now, you might not believe this, but teachers back then would smack anyone they caught misbehaving. Your grandfather was no angel, and many times I had six smacks from a leather strap on each of my paws. It stung a lot. Our headmaster always carried his strap with him, so all the boys were careful not to get up to any mischief when he was around. Now, on this particular day, he peered around the schoolroom with his stern face, and we all looked nervously back at him. Miss Cheever flitted round him anxiously, and shushed any of us that dared to make a sound. She was a lioness, and I thought she was very pretty. I told her once in class that I'd marry her when I grew up, and she blushed. Fortunately, your grandmother decided, rightly, that I should marry her instead. I think Miss Cheever was just as terrified of our headmaster as we were, with his quick temper and awful reputation, though perhaps she wasn't as scared of his leather strap. "'Children,' he announced, "'you have a new classmate today. He—he he is, uh Our headmaster's unusual pause caused every ear in the room to point forward. "'He's what?' we wondered. "'He is to be treated with respect, and if I hear of anyone misbehaving, I will take them to the office!' "'Well, my dear Sarah, you can imagine how we reacted to that roar. "'I think Seamus Nash wet himself with fright.' "'The two grown-ups went out into the corridor to discuss grown-up things, "'though they left the classroom door open. "'I recall I had a runny nose and forgot my kerchief that day. "'Being quite a scamp, I wiped my nose on the sleeve of my coat, "'something I know you would never do. "'Always bring your disposable tissues.' "'What do you think he'll be, Derek?' I asked excitedly to the boy sitting at the next desk. Derek was a foal, and he was my best friend since we were five. Before he could reply, Miss Cheever's head appeared in the doorway to shush our noisy chatter. It was pointless because we went back to being rowdy boys when she disappeared again. I then realised I was the only student sitting at a desk with a spare chair. The new boy would have to sit beside me. That was exciting. I hoped he would be another tabby like me, so we could maybe start a gang or go cycling to the park. Eventually Miss Cheever returned and told us to be quiet then introduced our new classmate. When he stepped in, the entire room went silent. He was a human. Now, you wouldn't understand what a big thing that was back then, but our school was almost all furs. There were very few human boys in our town, and only one or two in the entire school. He looked terrified as Miss Cheever put her paws on his shoulder and introduced him to everyone, just as I imagine your teacher introduced you to your new class last month, though I bet you weren't as scared. "'Boys,' she said, "'this is William Casey. "'William has just moved into town to live with his grandmother in Brighthill.' "'I was delighted. 
I also lived in Bright Hill with my auntie. I thought William and I had a lot in common already. Miss Cheever led him down to sit at my desk, so I had to move my books and things into a smaller space, but it was nice to be at the centre of attention. William had that nice human smell and an interesting face that looked almost like an elf in a storybook, all freckles and red hair on his head. I shared some of my chocolate with him when the teacher wasn't looking. But then some of the other kids from my classroom called him nasty names at lunchtime. As you found out, Sarah, some children can be cruel and enjoy making fun of others. It's not because they don't like other kids, but because they don't really know them. I didn't really know William either, but because I shared my chocolate with him and we sat at the same desk, he stuck to me like glue that day. We ate my bag of gobstoppers while we sat on the playground wall, talking about where we lived. I liked him. He was a little slow at reading out loud and had to use his finger to hold his place. He told me that was because his dad travelled a lot and he had to go with him, so he missed a lot of school. His grandmother insisted he should settle down and go to school properly, so he was going to live here. Miss Cheever asked me to help him out with reading exercises, which I loved. I felt like I was kind of his teacher. Everyone at our school had a nickname. Would you believe mine was Tiger because of my stripes? Even if now I'm less marmalade and more grey. I made a nickname for William. Watchdog. A great nickname for any boy, but kind of cute for a human in a mainline fur school. He loved it. We played at being spies and soldiers in the playground, where I would be an important secret courier and William would be the watchdog security officer, protecting our valuable secrets. All right, they were not really valuable. All we had was the list of everyone in our class and some silly new nicknames we made up. It was great fun. I'm certain you get just as much enjoyment with games like that. I'm also certain you might think William and I both grew up and became friends for life. Sadly, my dear Sarah, it did not work out like that, and this is the reason why I wish to share this story with you. One rainy and windy afternoon, a week or two after William became my friend, my auntie came to the school gate to collect me and bring me home under her umbrella. I lived only a couple of minutes from the school, so I usually ran home. William's grandmother had not yet arrived either, so he was waiting at the gate with me. When my auntie saw him, a funny look crossed her face and her nose wrinkled. Her tail started to flick, so I knew something was wrong. I politely introduced William to her, and she said, "'Nothing. Nothing at all. It was peculiar. My auntie was rarely rude, and it upset me. When we reached home, she stood in front of me and asked about my new friend. I told her about William and the great fun we had. "'Joseph,' she said, looking as serious as only grown-ups can be, "'William is a human. You should not be playing with him. He's dirty.' I tried to explain that humans were just like us, but she ordered me to stay away from him, and that was that. Sarah, what I did next was so wrong, I want you to pay very close attention and remember it. The very next day, back at school, William came up to me before class, said, Watchdog ready for mission, sir, and saluted like a soldier, just like we did most days. I gave an annoyed flick of my tail and wrinkled my nose, copying what my auntie had done. "'William, I'm not allowed to play with you any more. "'You're a human and you're dirty.' "'His face went pale and he looked terribly hurt. "'Believing I was doing exactly the right thing, "'doing what my auntie had told me to do, I added, "'Don't talk to me any more. "'Tabby shouldn't talk to dirty humans.' "'He started to cry and ran off toward the gym hall. "'I didn't see him for the rest of the day "'and I felt disturbed about it, but I didn't know why.' He sat quietly on his own at a bench at the back of the room after that. Two weeks later, William left our school. I found out later that his father heard of what happened and moved him away. 
I never saw or heard from William the Watchdog again. I tell you this story for three reasons, my sweet little one. Firstly, to show you that, occasionally, grown-ups can be very wrong and believe things they know in their hearts are wrong because it makes them feel safer than other people. This is called prejudice, and it causes a lot of trouble all over the world. It usually happens when one group of people think another group is not as good as the first, only because they look different or live in a different place or have a different language. My auntie looked down on William's people only because they were humans. She didn't even know them. Secondly, because I would like you to think about this little story of mine if you ever begin to think that you are better than anyone else, be they tabby, human, wolf, horse, or whatever. Always remember, dear Sarah, that people are the same inside, no matter what shape their face, what length their whiskers or the colours in their fur, or if they have no fur. Lastly, and most importantly, think about how you would feel later if you ever treated someone like I treated William. To say things without thinking can cause deep hurt for no reason. William is probably an old man like me now. He might have forgotten about what happened. I hope he has, but I haven't. And to be very honest with you, I don't think I ever shall. I still feel awful about how I treated my friend and wish I could go back and make it better, but I can't. My beautiful granddaughter, I will always feel shame for how I hurt William. Even now, sixty years later, I still feel so sad when I think about what I said and how I lost my friend. Make certain you never hurt anyone like that, Sarah. Anyway, that is enough for now. I shall finish my email here, as your grandma is calling me. Mr. and Mrs. Collins have just dropped off our shopping, and I asked them to sneak in some treats for me that I must hide before grandma sees them. Remember, sweetheart, your grandpa and grandma love you dearly and always will, and we shall chat with you all on the computer as usual at the weekend. With all my love to you, your loving grandpa. This was Dear Sarah by Metasis, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.